today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I, this is one of those places, and there are many in Scripture, where you just don't really get the sense that it's adequately expressed and communicated and articulated, fearfully and wonderfully made. What an understatement. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how the Bible describes us. In today's message, Pastor J.D. talks about how each one of us is unique. But even with our flaws, we are still fearfully and wonderfully made. So let's embrace who we are and celebrate our individuality. We're all made unique in the Lord's eyes. Comparison is unnecessary. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I have to confess that I know I say this about every book when we start a new book, but that's okay, right? So I have so been looking forward to teaching through the book of Jeremiah. We're in for quite a treat, I guess, for lack of a better word, as we get into this book and the study of this book and through this book. We're going to get to know this man, quite a man, mightily used of God, very interesting man. His personality is going to really come out, unlike, by the way, Isaiah. You know, you come away from a study through the book of Isaiah, and it's such a powerful prophetic book about the Messiah. But conspicuously absent from the book is really anything personal about the prophet. And that's not the case, as we're going to see in our study through the book of Jeremiah. What's going to come leaping off the pages of this book is, oh, I mean, it's, it's very intensely personal, if I can say it like that. We're going to get to know who he was and how he was. And so we're really in for a treat. And I've been looking forward to this book for a number of reasons, chief of which is the profound parallels concerning Jeremiah's day and our day, as it relates to the prophecies about a dying nation, and for our application, a dying world. I mean, this is the ministry to which Jeremiah was called. He would have to prophesy to a nation that was dying. And he would prophesy the coming judgment. And he would do this, as we're going to again see, for some 40 plus years. And thankfully, 
as was the case with Jeremiah and is the case with us today, God always packages the enabling with His calling. And such is the case with the calling that He had on Jeremiah's life. Absent the the enabling, there was no way. Can you imagine being called to a ministry for 40 plus years, and have no one respond, in fact actually have the opposite happen? Death threats, attempts on his life. We're going to see a close brush with death. God of course in His mercy spares him. But the beatings that he would take, all because he was, and this is the key word, that I want us to know and hear and understand and embrace, faithful, not successful. If if the measurement, the gauge on Jeremiah's ministry was that of how successful he was, or how fruitful he was, I don't really believe we would have a book of Jeremiah in our Bibles. No, that's not the gauge. In fact, and this is really important, I guess, as a beginning to the book, Jesus said that there is coming a time when on that great and final day, we hear those words, enter in good and, thank you. Can you imagine if it was, enter in, good and successful servant. Oh, uh-oh. Not even that. We could even back it up a little bit if you want and say, good and fruitful servant. No. Good and faithful servant. He remained faithful despite seeing no one. I mean no one, not one. Not one person respond. 40 plus years. No one takes heed. And God, in all fairness, warned him that that was going to happen. How's that? Jeremiah, I'm calling you to this. (laughs) I I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I I do have to warn you that the message that I'm going to give you, the words that I'm going to put in your mouth, they are going to hate you and want to kill you when you speak them. So have a nice afternoon and have a nice ministry for 40 plus years. That's what Jeremiah is called to. So let's jump in. Are you ready? All right, good. You need to be. (laughs) Verse 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom, verse 2, the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. Okay, first two verses, right out of the chute, 
provide us with some information concerning Jeremiah, namely that of him being a PK, a priest's kid, (laughs) slash pastor's kid, son of Hilkiah. Now, that's going to come into play here in a moment, so hang on to that. Verse 3. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, by the way, a good king, one of only nine, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So notice the specificity there for a reason, and that reason is to provide us with the much needed details concerning the timing. So we know now who Jeremiah is, now we know when Jeremiah was called. Now why is that important? Because, think about this, you had a good king and you had a prophet, Jeremiah, simultaneously speaking to, reigning over Judah, leaving them with no excuse. You had the prophet Jeremiah prophesying. You had Josiah, one of only nine kings in all of Israel's history, really Judah's history, because (laughs) Israel had no good kings. Only nine kings, of whom it was said, they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Every other king did evil in the sight of the Lord. In our study through the kings, we saw this. It was really quite dramatic in a way, because like in the case of Josiah, a good king, he has a son who's an evil king. So you saw evil kings come from good kings, and good kings come from evil kings. And that's a whole other topic for another time. But for purposes of our understanding, as it relates to the application of this and the understanding of this, this is important because this is a warning to Judah. You had a good king, Josiah, and you have the prophet Jeremiah that are doing everything they possibly can by the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, and they don't take heed. Now, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, this is arguably a well-known passage, these two verses, and for good reason, really, because it speaks to the forming of and the beginning of the conception of life. Life begins at at conception. And I mean it also speaks to the horrors of abortion, which I really don't want to get into. 
But here God is saying to Jeremiah, I called you before you were even formed in the womb. I ordained you, I sanctified you as a prophet to the nations before your mom and dad even met. How about that? I knew you before I even formed you. One of the reasons why I'm always very careful and prayerful when it comes to abortion is because of the unnecessary guilt and condemnation that the enemy has been met with profound success when it comes to those who have had an abortion or been a part of an abortion. Let me just say, and maybe for someone either here or watching online, abortion is not the unforgivable sin. Abortion is not the unforgivable sin. And sadly, Satan has been met again with profound and astonishing success in getting people to live under this crushing weight of condemnation, having had an abortion. Listen, people, women who have had abortions for the rest of their lives, every time they see a child, a three-year-old, my baby would have been three years old. My baby would have been five years old. My baby would have been, my child would have been ten, and so on and so forth. And the enemy is right there. Don't let the enemy do that. God is a forgiving God. God is a forgiving God. God loves you so much. And here's some really good news. That baby, oh, you're going to see him soon. Soon and very soon. Because that baby is in the presence of the Lord. So please, that's all I'm going to say. And I want to get off track here. But I do want to spend just a little bit more time on this notion of being formed in the womb, let alone being called in the womb. The Apostle Paul, when he writes to the Galatians in chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. And he's just kind of explaining to them how it is and when it is, and the way it is even, that God called Him. He called Him when He was in the womb. Set Him apart. That's what the word sanctified means, to be set apart. Oh, you know how it is when we have something that is only for special occasions? We, don't, we set it apart, we set it aside. You know that, that fine silverware? I mean, you're not eating, oh maybe I am, spicy ahi pokey with it. You're using probably a plastic fork. But when you bring out that silver, that's set apart for that special occasion, well that's really what sanctified means. And that's what God is saying to Jeremiah and Paul as well, and not just them, but David and the many others like them in Psalm 139. Beginning in verse 13, David by the Spirit says, For you formed my inward parts. I love this. How poetic. 
you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Ooh, I like that. I wish when I was knitted together in my mother's womb, they would have done... Anyway, that's another issue, but I love the imagery of it. I formed you, I knitted you in your mother's womb, and then I ordained you and sanctified you and called you. While you were still in the womb, you had no idea. And you wouldn't have any idea until you would be much older. But in the womb is when I called you. And he goes on to say, verse 14, and I love this again, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This is one of those places, and there are many in Scripture, where you just don't really get the sense that it's adequately expressed and communicated and articulated, fearfully and wonderfully made. What an understatement. It's too high for my understanding. And he just praises the Lord for the way he was formed and knitted together in his mother's womb. Well, verse 6. Now, this is (laughs) Jeremiah's response. Talk about not being able to really grasp it in terms of the expression. But this is his response, verse 6. Then said I, Lord God. Why do you say it like that, Pastor? Because in the original language, this, this, ah, is kind of like, no, Lord, no. Or if you want, if you prefer, you can see it and say it like this. Ah, Lord. You see where this is going? And here it comes. You know what's coming next, right? You can finish the sentence, as it were. Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. In other words, Lord, you've got the wrong guy. Lord, you picked the wrong file. Lord, ah, Lord, no. And here come the excuses. And we've seen this before, right? I mean, every time God calls someone, they come up with excuses. I think about Moses. How many excuses did he come up with? And then Gideon. Well, we could talk a little bit about Gideon. I mean, he takes it to a whole new level. Okay, God, I'm I'm the black sheep of my family. My family's the black sheep of my tribe, and my tribe's the black sheep of all of the tribes of Israel. I mean, he tries so, you got to hand it to him. He tries so hard to get out of this, and God's not having it. He's like, ah, Lord, you got the wrong guy. (laughs) He's hiding from the Midianites. He's threshing the grain, hiding out from the Medeanites so they wouldn't steal it, in fear. And God comes to him and says, oh mighty warrior. Here's Gideon, right? Where? (laughs) Oh me? Oh you're talking to me? Lord, you got the wrong guy, and here's why. And then here comes the excuses, and then God's like, okay, 
whatever. And then he goes into the whole fleece thing. And by the way, I think it's unfortunate that we've somehow made this whole fleece thing a faith thing. It is not a faith thing. He's looking for ways to get out of it. Think about it. I mean, first, okay, do on the ground, but not on the fleece. And then God does it. And then he says, okay, just to be really, 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 really sure, confirmation, we call it. Oh, we couch it in such spiritual terms. I need confirmation. Conf- what more do you need? Well, let's have the do be on the fleece, but not the ground. And sure enough, you know what that would be the equivalent of? God, if this is really you calling me, and this is really your will, have a bird, a minor bird, because we don't like minor birds. <laughs> Sorry. Have a minor bird fly into my windshield at 2.04 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time tomorrow afternoon. And then God does it. And you're like, okay, now to be really, really, really sure. No, that's, I'm, that's what he did. Talk about trying to get out of it. Now here's Jeremiah trying to get out of it. And interesting, he, he brings up, it's kind of reminiscent of what Moses said when God called him from out of the burning bush. And, and Moses is kind of like, you know, I've been here so long, you know, like 40 years, not just in the desert, the backside of the desert. And I, I, seem to have, some believe he had developed a speech impediment. Because who's he going to talk to? And so now he's like, I, I, you know, I've been out. That ship sailed. And he uses that as an excuse, which is why, by the way, replete throughout the Old Testament, we read time and time again, God commanded Moses to command Aaron to speak to the people. Oh, you can't talk? Okay, fine. Your brother's going to do it then. How about that? You're not getting out of it. Nice try. And that's why. Well, now here's Jeremiah going, I cannot speak. And he takes it further. And again, you got to kind of hand it to him in his attempt to get out of this because he says, I can't really speak because I'm still too young. I'm a youth. Now, we really don't know how old Jeremiah was. Of course, speculation abounds. Some speculate that he was maybe in his late teens, early 20s. Others suggest that maybe he was 30. He would have likely not been older than 30, because you had to be 30 years of age to enter into the priestly service. But even then, you were considered to be young at that age, relative to that culture in that time. So this is kind of like what Paul exhorted Timothy concerning. Timothy, you're younger than the people in the church that you pastor, and you're letting them intimidate you. Stop it. Don't let them do that. 
Don't let them look down on you because of your youth. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. To, to. 